Hey, welcome to our online sermons at Coastal Community Church. So glad that uh, you're checking these sermons out on our internet and, and on our website. And so I want to welcome you. And, and I do want to encourage you that these sermons, online sermons, should be a supplement to your spiritual growth. But one of the things that we're big believers in at Coastal Community Church and I uh, want to encourage you is to find a home church uh, where you can not only grow in teaching, but also grow in community with other believers. So if you don't have a home church near you and you live in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love to invite you to Coastal Community Church. We just recently moved uh, to 101 Village Avenue. We have two services, uh, 915 and 11, and we'd love for you to check out one of our services here in the community. Over the summer, uh, a lot of changes going on at Coastal Community Church. We're changing locations, and and part of what we wanted to focus on in the summer as we move into our new location is to remind us of the one thing that doesn't change and won't change at Coastal, and that's that we wanted to lift up the person and the work of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews is the perfect letter to remind us that Jesus is greater than anything we could imagine. And so I hope you'll join us and enjoy this sermon called Greater Than. Good morning. It is great to see you. And uh, man, great uh, corporate worship this morning, was it? It's always cooler to preach behind a guitar. I think I need to get the guitar and preach that way. So uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 11. We're going to continue in our series called Greater Than. And uh, man, I hope you've been encouraged. Uh, I know myself and Pastor Andrew, Pastor Joey, we have really enjoyed, uh, you know, studying this uh, letter and, and putting this sermon series uh, together for you. And uh, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about through this letter is, is change, right? And as a, as a church, we've, we've changed a lot, okay? So I want to, I'm going to get each week, I said, try to give you a little change that's coming your way, all right? And it keeps us unsettled as we go, all right? So a little change we've made, and we hope it'll help our corporate worship. Uh, we're we're going to try this, and we're going to evaluate it. We, we've kind of moved our prayer team to the back, okay? And so one of the things we're finding, if someone wants to come for prayer after the service, our prayer team's at the front, uh, it's kind of like a salmon. You're swimming against the stream, okay? And so uh, we've moved our prayer team in the back. We've actually put some kneeling benches back there. So on the way out, uh, the Lord's spoken to you. You want to just take a few moments before you leave and pray privately, or you want to pray with someone on the prayer team. We'll be back there in the corner. Uh, we call that the dugout, okay? And so you can go pray in the dugout, and we'll see how that goes, okay? And hopefully that'll work for our, our corporate worship and what the Lord uh, is continuing to do with you. We're coming down the home stretch. Well, it, and only preachers can take the final three chapters and extend it all the way through the summer. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. But, uh, you know, we're getting into the good stuff. I mean, we've plowed through some stick, thick stuff in Hebrews, and, and uh, now we're, t- we're tackling a passage that really, uh, if you have been in church life for any length of time, is a favorite. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I mean, this chapter has been given all kinds of kind of names, like the Hall of Faith or Heroes of the Faith or the, you know, it's just, it lists all these great men and women of God who have, have journeyed through with God through faith. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to take two weeks in this, in this chapter. And, um, you know, the thing about faith is, uh, you know, it, it, faith is more about the character and the person and the word and the promises of God, okay? And, and, and so what I'm, I want, I'm going to kind of give you the so what this morning at the front end, all right? I want you, my hope for you this morning, uh, if you're here this morning and you're a believer, I just want you to be encouraged in your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and in our heavenly father's word, his promises and his character. Okay. I just want you to be encouraged in that. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a believer, you're investigating the claims of Christ, I want you to ask the question this morning, well, what am I putting my faith in? Because we all, and you'll see that, hopefully see that throughout the sermon, we all put our faith in something, right? It's just a matter of what we're putting our faith in because there's plenty of things in the world around us that really you can't explain, right? And we'll get to that in a minute. There's, there's things that, that really you, you, you get up each day and you trust that certain things will happen, even though you can't see them happen, okay? So that's kind of the so what. That's where we're going this morning, all right? And so, I, and so this letter, remember, is written to Jewish Christians. So these are people that actually lived during the, during the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant, these are people that 
We're worshiping God one way, and then Christ came, lived on earth for 33 years, did the work that his heavenly father wanted to do, ascended into heaven, death, burial, and resurrection, ascended into heaven, and has implemented the new covenant. And now these people, in some ways, are worshiping differently, and they're being persecuted for such, meaning their lives, their stuff. And Pastor Andrew talked about this last week. I mean, in the past, we looked at, you know, you know that, man, these people were losing their stuff, even going to jail because they believed in Jesus. So they're thinking about a abandoning the new covenant and heading back to the old covenant. And what the author is trying to teach these people is, listen, the old covenant saints and the new covenant saints all journey down the same path and the path is faith in God. Does that make sense? And so he's trying to build this case that there really is not as much difference between the old covenant and the new covenant as you think in regards to faith, okay? And so I want to share with you a story and I've told you half this story in the past. I want to finish the story. Uh, and, and it's a personal story and it, it runs two risks. One risk is it runs the risk of sounding self-serving and that's not my intent. And the second risk that this story runs is, is that I want to be clear that when we journey in faith and the, my, the story that I'm going to give you talks about how the Lord has provided for me and my family and blessed us, if you will. And, and sometimes I think we think when we journey with faith, everything becomes easier and that's not always the case. In fact, if you read Hebrews 11, I hope you're familiar with Hebrews 11. I hope you've been doing your homework and reading through Hebrews maybe multiple times over the summer. If you haven't, go home today, read Hebrews 11. One of the things that should jump out at you is that uh, the, the author lists all these people that journeyed by faith and some received blessings and some got sawn in two, okay? That's what the, the text says. So, you know, just because you journey in faith doesn't always mean everything here on earth works out the way we think it could or should, right? But what it does mean is that I have eyes, spiritual eyes, if you will, for the future with an eternal perspective. Does that make sense? And so that's what we're gonna look towards. But here's, my, here's the story. I shared this story about a year, about, about 13 months ago, okay? Um, so let me paint the picture, all right? 13 months ago, um, we were in our old building up on Route 17, and we were trying uh, through both donations and pledges to raise a million dollars in 18 months over and above our regular giving so that we could worship here. Cool, right? And so we, hadn't, we weren't here yet. We hadn't even purchased this building yet. And so we had laid in front of the church. By we, took, we went through this, this campaign called the Beyond Campaign, and we challenged the church body. The body voted. The body you know, gave pledges towards raising that million dollars. And if you remember, we are part of the, the bank loan to get in this building, we had to raise $300,000 in one offering, that bank wanted to see that we could come up with those kind of resources to, play, to purchase this building. And so the way we did it is we did a two-step process. We did a pledge Sunday, and then we did an offering Sunday, okay? And so on the pledge Sunday that the pledge cards came in, we came in 75% of what we needed. We we're 25% short of our goal. And, I, and so not a lot of people knew this. I knew it, the elders knew it, you know, some of the, the pastors knew it, some key people. And we, we just began to pray. And the, the goal, we were short enough of the goal that I thought, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to purchase this building that you're sitting in now. I'm gonna kind of, spoiler alert, okay? We already purchased it, but you know, so, and I just didn't know. And I was concerned because we had maxed out our other building and this was kind of the vision that as a church we were put a lot of energies towards and I just didn't know what was gonna be next. And, and so I went home and, and just privately with my wife, you know, we began to pray and we began to talk and we had made our pledge and I, I just asked her the question, I said, have we, have we done enough? I mean, I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to lead in generosity and lead in sacrifice. And, you know, and, and our slogan throughout was not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And I said, man, have we done enough? And we began to pray. And, and this is the portion I actually shared the following Sunday with you guys. I asked the elders if I could share it because I didn't want it to be self-serving. I wanted it to be kind of a, hey, I'm in with you guys, you know? And so my wife and I decided that God was kind of sharing in our hearts, speaking in our hearts that, that we were, he wanted us to give our bank account. Like everything in there, clear it out. And it wasn't a, you know, it's different portions for different people depending on where you are. But one of the things we had been doing is we had been saving um, 
for a small car. My, my oldest son was getting ready to get a part-time job, and, and we just felt like we probably needed three cars to manage all that we needed, and we have like two very old cars. I don't know how many of y'all remember uh, when Coastal ended up on the front page of the Daily Press, and, there, and that went on Daily Press Facebook page, and there were some comments from the community, and one of the comments was like, you know, this church is really rich. I sure like to see the pastor's cars, you know, and my wife and I laughed, and I was like, we should take a picture of our two cars and post it. That'd be like... <laughs> Here's the one with 180,000 miles, and here's the one with 150,000 miles, you know, just post them up there, just have a good old time with it, you know. And so, but we want, we're saving some money for a used car, okay? And, and we felt like the Lord was saying, no, I want you to clear it out. So we cleared it out, and, uh, and, we did, and now we began to pray, like, hey, God, you know, we feel like we could, you know, for the convenience, and we could have navigated without it, but for the convenience of the family, we started praying for a third vehicle, and, and now we didn't have the resources uh, to do it, Right? And uh, so um, my parents took us on a, vac- a vacation and we're leaving the vacation. And my dad says to me as we're leaving, hey, listen, mom and I are getting a new car and uh, we'd like to give you this one, right? And so, and so I was like, and, and so he, he showed me the car and I was like, and he goes, look, it needs a little work, but it, it'll get you around. And, and I said to my dad, I said, I said Here, so there's a couple amazing things. I said, number one, um, it's the nicest car I own, okay? So I was like, <laughs> They were going to give him 1500 on a trade, and it was the nicest car I owned, right? So uh, he had a garage cab. I said, number two, Dad, I said, listen, next time you see this car, it ain't going to look as nice, okay? So don't be disappointed if you give it to me. And, uh, and, and then here's the third piece. And so we organized. He eventually got his vehicle, and we organized, and I bought a one-way train ticket up to Baltimore. And the day I picked that vehicle up, was the very first day that my son went to his part-time job. It was the very first day we as a family needed three cars, all right? And, and I tell you that, again, I just tell you that to say when we take this journey of faith, the journey is about the character of God, the promises of God, the timing of God. Sometimes, sometimes we journey with God and we're, we can have the right thing in mind, but the timing is wrong, right? In God's economy, if you will. And so, and so I tell you that story to say, God has always called us as Christians to journey in faith, all right? And so let's take a look at this passage this morning in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at the first six verses of Hebrews 11.1. 1. There's a handout in your bulletin. I encourage you to follow along. If you uh, have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, there's probably one in a chair in front of you. I encourage you to get that out. And uh, if you don't own a Bible, do me a favor, take that Bible with you. Okay, we would, Coastal, we'd love to ha- for you to have a copy of the Word of God. That's our gift to you. First thing I want you to see is the nature of faith, because the author of Hebrews defines that for us. So Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us the assurance about things that we cannot see. Okay, so here's the nature of faith. The nature of faith is a couple things. It's assurance, okay, that there's a sense in our hearts of assurance of things that we're hoping for. Now, by the way, um, this is where, now again, this is where you gotta take this chapter in context that he's teaching these Old Testament, these, these Jewish now Christians that listen, the people in the Old Testament and the people in the New Testament in some ways have the same hope and the same assurances, okay? Uh, the Old Testament saints were to understand that the blood of sheep and the blood of goats and the blood of bulls was never enough to cover sin, all right? That there had to be something greater. So they were to be looking forward, having faith that God was gonna make the ultimate provision for sin, okay? And so they had to look forward to the coming Messiah. Does that make sense? We, however, we have in some ways the very same faith, only we look backwards. We now know the event, the historical event of what God has done for us so that our sin, the final payment for sin, has been taken care of by God through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, these Old Testament saints, they didn't, they didn't have a lot of details, right? Uh, but they had enough that they should have recognized when the Messiah came. Now, Hebrews now is, is actually beginning to change our vision a little bit, right? The book of Hebrews is now, of course, you know, Pastor Andrew nailed this probably three or four weeks ago. He said, the, the author of Hebrews says, Jesus is the main point, okay? And Jesus is our object of worship. But now the author of Hebrews is shifting us to say now that if you're a believer in Christ, the focus of your life is eternity future, this thing called heaven, all right? And that's what we can be assured of. And that's what we have our hope in. Now, do we have all the details of heaven? No. In fact, the truth is they're quite limited. All right? 
We have a, we have a, a sketch in the scriptures of what heaven is going to be like, but we, we know it's going to be amazing. And so our faith should be, and our hope should be resting in God's got an amazing future for us in eternity future. See, the problem with American Christianity is we are not heavenly minded enough. We, we're way too temporally minded. We, we're way too quick to exchange the here and now without giving any thought to the future. We're, we're not heavenly minded enough. And so we can have assurance because of God's good character and God's promises and God's word that this thing called heaven is gonna be amazing. And faith has that assurance. And it's a conviction of things that we haven't seen, all right? It's a conviction of things we haven't seen. This is a life committed to what your mind and your spirit is convinced is true. That's what conviction is. It's your mind has a conviction and then your, your life is changed in behavior because you're convicted or you're a believer that these things of God are true. Now, I'm not talking about going out of here today and just obedience for obedience sake. I hope, I hope I've preached enough sermons here. You know, this isn't, you know, be good for goodness sake, okay? Uh, my hope is that you understand that when the scripture talks about obedience to the word of God or to the promises of God or to the character of God, that it's an, it's an, ob, it's an overflow of worship, that your heart has been captured with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as an overflow of this faith, this confident assurance and conviction of things you haven't seen yet is so true that you're adjusting your behavior according to the word of God to honor the Lord in all things. So in other words, when you, when you, when you give generously, okay, when you give generously, there's a belief there. Did you know that? There's a, there's a faith there. There's a belief in something. There's a belief in eternity. There's a belief in a, in a future blessing. There's a, there's a belief that God is true to his word, that we can store up treasures in heaven, right? And so if, if you struggle with a generous lifestyle, then you, it's really rooted in, ready, unbelief. The roots of that is, man, I, I'm not, I really don't, I'm really not taking God at his word. I'm struggling there. When you, when you observe in a culture in the area of sex and sexuality that is going mad, okay? It's going start crazy mad. When you observe sex and sexuality as God commands, it's because you believe the God of the Bible. You believe the way that he has ordered this thing called sex and sexuality really is for our best and that when we order our lives around his ways and his word, that he knows best, he's got your best at heart, he rewards those who trust him in this area. Does that make sense? No. You know, in fact, when we, when we do the opposite of what the Lord commands, as Christians, especially when we, when we give in to our sin or you know, we just decide to do it our way. In a very real way, you are saying that God doesn't know best for me. It's a submission thing. It's an authority thing. Your faith is grounded in the God of the Bible is sovereign. He's all-knowing. He's good, right? I love sometimes we sing those songs you know, about trusting in the goodness of God because there's times it's kind of a faith thing, Right? You probably sang that song here, like, you are good, right? You're good. Well, there's times in life I, I take that on faith because the world looks like it's a train wreck, right? And so when you, when you adjust your life to the words of God, it's a faith journey that God is good. And so, so here's the deal. So maybe you're here this morning, you're like a preacher, you know, maybe you're, you're investigating the claims of Christ this morning. You're like, preacher, I got you, right? You're building a house, house of cards because you're telling us to live by faith. You're asking me to check my brain at the door, okay, and just believe. 
Let me back up for a minute, okay? Here's the deal, and the, and the author kind of hints at this. We, we covered this week one, right? We all live by faith. Every single person on planet Earth lives by faith. The atheist lives by faith. The Muslim, like, with their Muslims and Hindus, like, we, there's some things that we accept as true. And the author goes all the way back to creation. He's, this was the point of Hebrews 1, and I'm not going to spend a, t- a ton of time here this morning, so if If you think you got me this morning, let me just encourage you to go back and listen to week one of this series online, okay? Because I spent a a lot of time on that, okay? The statistical odds of you being here by some random accident are ridiculously high. I think think the illustration I used that week is is one scientist put it that uh, it would be a big bang forming life here on earth would be the same odds as us taking a, a, a bomb down to the local junkyard, throwing that bomb in the middle of that junkyard, and out of that explosion comes a fully functional 747, okay? It's, it's ludicrous. I mean, it's, it's crazy faith to believe that you got here out of an explosion. To my knowledge, it would be the first time that an explosion actually created order, Does that make sense? Explosions create chaos. So it takes faith to believe that random particles or explosions form life. To me, it is is reasonable and rational to look around the world and go, at, at the bare minimum, there's intelligent design, yes? And so we all live by, every, the atheist lives by faith. So it is not unreasonable to say that faith is a rational thought process. Please, I'm not asking you to check your brain at the door. Hebrews 11.3 says this, by, by faith, what do we understand? The entire universe was formed at God's command. And that that what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. Your existence here this morning proves that there are many things we accept by faith. Therefore, faith is not unreasonable. So I'm not asking you to check your brain and throw, but faith is a, an assurance and a conviction of things we have not yet seen. Now, the author goes into to test, testimonies of faith. Okay, so here's some testimonies of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 2. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation, okay? And so now if, you, if you're familiar with Hebrews 11, and this is what we're going to get into next week, uh, story after story, fa- stories that you're going to know, okay, probably. And I'm going to park on probably three or four stories that you're very well aware of from the Old Testament. Most of you will be. And, and, and the, the, uh, the great thing about Hebrews, Hebrews actually gives us a little commentary and, and pulls out of these stories kind of the big so what, you know, so in t- you know, chapters of Genesis, you know, Hebrew author pulls out a, a, a kind of a main point out of that story, and I think it's going to encourage you, okay? So uh, I hope you'll come back next week, but, but the, 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 the people of the past are testimonies of faith. People have always earned their right standing with a holy God by grace alone through faith alone, okay? There's never been a time, if you're reading your Bible, you say, well, the Old Testament people kept the law of Moses and that's how they had right standing of God. You're misunderstanding your reading of the Old Testament. Right standing before God has always been about God is gonna provide for my sinfulness, I don't deserve to belong in his presence, but because I believe he's good and because I believe his word is true, I now accept him. And, uh, and the faith journey is credited righteousness. Now we look back to the, to the person and work of Christ, and we know that Christ is the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. That's been the whole first 10 chapters of this letter, right? And so now his righteousness has been credited to me by grace through faith. But every person that has been a person of God has journeyed with faith that God credits as righteousness. Does that make sense? And so next week we're going to get into the testimony of that. The third thing I want you to see is, is how these people worshiped God in faith. Hebrews 11.4, okay? Hebrews 11.4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain, 
than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now, uh, there's two stories here back to back that you may go, man, if you do a little digging, you go, man, these are some weird stories, okay? So let's just get, let's talk about these weird stories for a minute, okay? So the first one here is Cain and Abel, okay? Cain and Abel are the children of Adam and Eve, and on a particular day, and it's in Genesis 4, and we, I'm just going to be honest with you, you don't get a whole lot of information here, all right? But two, two men, two brothers, bring a sacrifice, a worship sacrifice to the Lord, all right? One brings a sheep or a lamb, and the other brings veggies. Now, I hate veggies, right? So this is where I feel like I'm godly, actually, right? I don't like veggies either, all right? Give me a steak. That's where we should start, all right? And, and so Cain brings veggies, and so his offering is rejected, okay? And, and Abel's is received because he brought sacrifice of a lamb. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting, all right? I believe, now this is going to be an argument from silence, okay? But I, but I think there's some hints here. So the first thing I want you to see is God has always designated worship. God has always designated worship. All right? I'm going I'm to come back to this thought in a minute. I'm going to conclude what, what that means, all right? And while the story doesn't really say, I, I think we can assume that somewhere along the line, some instruction had been given on how we approach God, even to Cain and Abel. How do we approach God in worship? And God's not going to hold Cain accountable for something that he didn't yet know. Right? And so we, in fact, we get like, what, what is important when we come into the presence of the Holy God? Well, Hebrews 9.22, we've already preached on this. Remember this? See, God has always been clear that, that sin, Adam and Eve's sin, which is passed on to Cain and Abel, it's always had a high price. Remember what we talked about? You know, Pastor Andrew did the great job of kind of reminding us that the little lamb that had to be sacrificed by the family and it, it kind of ripped your heart out. And I kind of latched on to that the following week and I said, yeah, it's supposed to because it's supposed to remind us of the high cost of the price of our sin, that God sent his own son Jesus and that the wounds on his back and the nails in his hand was the high price of the shedding of blood for my sin and your sin. And we should feel the weight of that. And this idea that that since the human race sinned to God, it, there's always been this high, the, the bloodshed, which sounds really disgusting, is to remind us that it comes, our sin has a, a huge penalty. And we should never lose, we should, in our humility, and, and by the way, as a Christian, with the Holy Spirit living inside, like that should even be weightier on us, right? Like when we choose to sin, we're now, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we're now free by the power of the gospel to actually choose to do right, that means we now choose to do wrong. And so the weight of my sin should even be twice as much. Hebrews 9.22, remember this? In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there's what, church? There's no forgiveness of sin. And of course, this is the law of Moses, but I suspect that God had made it plain to Adam and Eve or Cain and Abel that, that veggies was not the requirement. The requirement was the shedding of blood. And here's the hint I think we get. It's when Adam and Eve sinned and remember that God made clothing for them. Remember where the clothing came from? It was the skins of animals. It was the first time an animal had to give their life. And I think that there's this hint right at the beginning when sin entered the world that the requirement of the... the so, you under, so people, you understand the catastrophe of sin. There needs to be bloodshed of the innocent, which finds its fulfillment in Christ. Make sense? And so... Abel's worship was received. Why was his received and Cain wasn't? Because he knew God's instruction and he believed God and he did what God asked in the area of worship. Cain, however, did what he wanted. 
And this is why Hebrews is such an important letter to us. Hebrews 1 verse 2. And now in these final days, God has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the son is far greater than. Everybody with me? We're in these final days. And now in these final days, God has made it very, very plain to us how we are to worship. It's not a guessing game. God has been clear to us. Going all the way back to Cain and Abel, the human race has always bucked against what God wanted in regards to worship. Probably because our sin nature doesn't like to be told what to do, do we? We like to run through life and say, you're not the boss of me. That goes to the very first sin God, you're not the boss of me. And I want to be really clear here this morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to pin your back against the wall a little bit, all right? I'm going to make you uncomfortable if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, okay? God has designated for us how we will worship. And I'm not talking about suits and ties and jeans and shorts and T-shirts, all right? And all the, you know, I grew up that way, all right? I'm not talking about that. We should, we should dress appropriately for church. We pre, Pastor Andrew preached on that last week when we come for court worship, a whole other sermon. I'm talking about how we enter the presence of God. In these last days, God has spoken through his son. All right, you ready for this? There is an exclusive way to God. It is the person and work of Jesus Christ. You cannot be a Christian and hold that every road leads to heaven. Okay, so if you're here this morning, you're running through the streets going, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, Christian. But then when you're pressed by somebody in the world and you give in and go, well, I guess, as long as you're sincere, eh, that is not what the scriptures teach. It's what Cain wanted to do. Hey, just, you know, this is convenient to me. I'll just bring the veggies. God said, no, no, you gotta, there's a, I've, I've laid out how you will worship me. And I have not been unclear in how you will worship me. If you're here this morning and, and all roads lead to God and you call yourself a Christian, man, that's Oprah theology and it's bad and it's unbiblical. Okay? God has always given the exclusive way to worship him. And here's why. You ready? This is going to be very unsettling. It's his right to do that. He's God and you're not. Now, we also shouldn't sit here on our high and mighty throne and go, yeah, give it to them, they need it. Let me tell you something, the gospel needs to be taken all around the world. And so if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, it's not just, yeah, you know, all, yeah, we need to be going, what do I need to do to make sure that the message of Jesus gets out to every tribe, every tongue, every nation? Like that, so, so if you go, well, what about all the people? Don't, no, no. Well, no, my question is to you, what are you doing about it? Like, how are you a part of the Great Commission? Do you have, glow, do you have eyes for your neighbor, your coworker, your roommate, your, your kids? Do you have eyes for the peninsula? I want to tell you something coastal, by the way, like, we're still dreaming as a church about how to expand the message of Christ across this peninsula. Like we haven't built this room and somehow we think we're done. All right? And then this nation and then other nations has everything to do like, man, do I want to be a part of making sure Jesus is made famous to every tribe, tongue, and nation? That's why Paul said, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There is an exclusive way to worship and it's the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
We worship him in the faith that God has given us the truth about how to worship him. Final thing is this. Our life journey is a walk of faith. Our faith is now, if you will, a living obedience, all right? Our faith is now a living obedience. It's a walk of faith. And, and, the, and, and the author illustrates that with a guy by the name of Enoch, okay? Um, another weird story, all right? Here we go, another weird story out of Genesis 5. I'm gonna move through this one quick. Essentially, Enoch lived during the time of Noah, okay? So if you know anything about the time of Noah, the culture got more and more evil, to the point where God only saw one righteous man on earth at the time later after Enoch, and that was Noah. And so God rescued Noah and his family, and he condemned the rest of the earth through the flood. All right? And we're going to come back to the story of Noah next week. But Enoch, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, and you can look that up on your own, literally says, one day Enoch was not, and God took him. That's all you get. He's just gone, right? Like, he's there one day, the next day he's not, all right? Hebrews 11 gives us a little insight on this. It was by faith, verse five, that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. All right, so God kind of rescued him out of the world. We don't know why, there's no commentary. All right, but what we do know is he's a man in the face of a lot of cultural disobedience because he had faith that we worship God the way God told him to worship, that God was pleased and took him out of the world. To which then verse six gives us some actual, and this is a very famous verse. This is the verse that most of us preach on, okay? This verse is commentary on the life of Enoch. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Okay? So a couple things, and I think this is commentary on the life of Enoch. A guy that gets like six verses in the Bible. It's gonna encourage you this morning. All right, here we go. Number one, he believed God exists. He believed that God exists. And by the way, that's no small thing. The argument has been made throughout, it's really made throughout the scriptures that this idea of all you have to do is look around creation and understand there's a creator, okay? And to, to not recognize that, now this is gonna smack in the face of our culture, to not recognize that there is a creator is Romans 1 stuff. All right, I'll let you read Romans 1 as commentary on what I'm preaching on. All right, you read that today. But what happens is in our sinful condition, our natural state is to look at creation and worship the created rather than the creator. And so what we naturally do is we, left to ourselves, we're gonna suppress the truth and eventually it will lead us to where we deny the truths of God and will eventually lead us to where we deny that God even exists. And, and what have we done by that? Well, we're making us the center of the universe. In other words, we're saying, I, I have looked out through the Hubble telescope and I now know enough to know God does not exist. It's a pretty arrogant statement, right? Every time I see a a Hubble telescope picture, I am wowed. And I worship God. I'm like, man, you're creative and you're big and this universe is still expanding and I too wonder if there's life out there, okay? I got all these questions too, just like you. And by the way, none of that sidetracks my faith because even if there was life out there, get this, the God of the universe sent his son to this planet. How cool is that? All right? So don't let any of that sidetrack you. Jesus is the point. The universe, I don't, by the way, I don't believe in aliens. Let's not get weird here, all right? Like, <laughs> and even if they're out there, I don't know, whatever. We'll figure that out too. I'm thinking like maybe an amoeba or a plant life or something, okay? Y'all will never come back again. That guy is... <laughs> Him and Enoch, both weird, okay? So, there's no recovering from that. Okay, so, um, the Bible teaches us that God exists and that should be easily deduced from creation, okay? And that 
a humble person should be able to look at, look at created order and go, man, there's, there's a God. And we learn that from Enoch. The second thing that Enoch believed is that God, those who worship him, the way he's instructed, God rewards. God rewards those who take him seriously at his word. God rewards those who worship his son, Jesus Christ, and then live, they journey in their, their uh, a living obedience as an act of worship, and he rewards that. I remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> I'm going to kick against my upbringing just a little bit. I had a phenomenal spiritual upbringing. Um, but one of the things my church taught that in hindsight I don't think is true, um, my church taught me, and I remember hearing this multiple times, it was kind of part of my church culture that people would say this all the time, we should worship God just because. Like, even if there was no reward, we should worship God. How many of y'all heard that? I'm the only one. Were you at my church? So I, uh, <clears throat> I heard that a lot. And so I get, the, I get the premise of it, like our hearts should be really captured and worship by God. But can I just tell you, that's not a biblical truth. Actually, the Bible says... It is okay to recognize that as you journey in faith, there are times in that journey that you delay gratification here on earth to store up a heavenly reward. Does that make sense? And that's an okay thing. And it's this thing that, by the way, John Piper and Jonathan Edwards and some great men of God have latched onto and written a lot about, all right? But it is, it is a biblical idea that, you know what? I am living for a far bigger picture than the temporal, I am living for something that's eternal. And God says those that focus their lives and their mind and their heart on that, okay, are, are a part of something. And God is going to take care of those who live for something greater than themselves, an the eternal perspective, right? That's why in Hebrews 9, we have to be mindful when the author of Hebrews says, it is appointed once for a man to die. And after that, there is judgment. And a wise person lives with that in their heart and mind, Yes. So if God gives us some uncomfortable thing that we have to change, then we need to have a bigger picture. We need to keep in mind that actually what we get, we get the unfair exchange of exchanging a temporal sacrifice for an eternal reward. That's unfair. You could give something up here on earth for 40 or 50 years in obedience to the word of God, but you will be blessed for it for million, when you've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, you'll know less days to sing God's praise. And when you, in other words, 10,000 years is just a drop in the ocean when it comes to time. So if God calls you to do something for 50 years, see, we live this culture like, no, you should be happy. Yes, you should. And you will be, if you walk in obedience for 40 or 50 or 60 years, you will be blessed for millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of years. We have way too many marriages in America that are dissolving because I'm unhappy. Okay? The Bible gives two biblical reasons for divorce. One is, one is divorce and one is the desertion of an unbelieving spouse. That's it. You wouldn't know that in American Christianity, would you? Oh, you're not happy? Go exchange the eternal for the temporal. You feeling the weight? Delayed gratification is a good thing. Enoch trusted God in a world gone wild during the time of Noah. Few people walked with God, but he delayed gratification for a heavenly reward. And so we can be reminded that without faith, without some delayed gratification, without, some faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God or to walk by faith. A couple weeks ago, um, Brian Briggs, who led worship this morning, his wife <clears throat> made these incredible cinnamon rolls. And um, yeah, if you ever get to have one, um, it's incredible. And so she had them for the worship team back here. And, and so this back room is what's called a green room, which makes it sound really cool. It's not that cool, but uh, <clears throat> it's just a room. But so she had cinnamon rolls. And so in between services, I discovered these cinnamon rolls. I'd had them before she gifted to our family once at Christmas time. Um, Christmas is only six months away. So I uh, hope <clears throat> holding out. Anyway, hint, hint. And so um, 
so I decided I hadn't eaten breakfast, and so I decided to um, just have a half of one. And so I cut one in half, and I'm putting it in my mouth. And this person that I've been friends with, the great thing about a lifetime friend is they're going to tell you the truth, right? And so somebody I've been friends with for a long time comes walking down these steps behind me. I couldn't see them, but I just heard this voice and said this, um, that's why you can't lose weight. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I didn't ask permission to use this illustration. So... Um, <clears throat> I said this, is that you? And I named the person, or is that a voice in my head? Because I can't tell, you know? And uh, with a whole bunch of guilt, you know, I ate the other half after that, too. I was like, well, that was really good. And, you know, and so, um, you know, so Tuesday, I, uh, Mondays, most Mondays and Tuesdays, I have, it fits my schedule to get up and jog, you know, and it's kind of my, I have this, I know this isn't a great, exercising plan. I don't really have a great weight loss plan. I know I eat too much. So, uh, but I do exercise. I like to exercise. And so this past Tuesday, um, having eaten cinnamon rolls, um, I wanted to get up and exercise and the bed felt really comfortable that particular morning, you know? And I was like, you know, it's early and, you know, my in-laws are here. I might wake them. No, I wouldn't. But, uh, you know, all this stuff went through my head and I decided to roll over and, and not exercise, you know? And, I'll tell you this, like the result of that one decision is probably negligible, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But, but there's a danger in that, right? Like there's the danger of choosing safe, soft, easy, comfortable, warm bed sheets, right? I mean, there's a huge danger in that. Because a day can turn into two, it can turn into five, right? And that's, that's just in the area of exercise and weight, like... And that's important. The Bible says we should take care of our bodies so that we can serve the Lord better and longer as best we can, right? But man, what about our flesh and our sin and our self-indulgence? Because the requirement, according to the scriptures, we can't please God without faith. And so faith requires that we trust the character of God. And faith requires that we trust the promises of God. Faith requires that we believe in the gospel of God, which is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Faith has an element of living a little dangerously. Faith, faith, faith's not going to make sense to all your friends. Faith's not going to make sense to some of your family members. We, we've been called for this season of life to live by faith. And, and that means we're not always settling for safe, soft, and easy, and comfortable. Because if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, that means you've taken God at his word, you've trusted that the blood of Jesus Christ has covered your sin, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been credited to you by grace through faith. And that is why you will have right standing in the presence of God when it is appointed once for a man to die. When, you, when it's appointed once for a man to die and you stand before God, my hope for you is that you'll stand there and go, Jesus, that's the only reason I get to stand here. When you stay sexually pure in your singleness and you understand that sex is a gift from God to be enjoyed between one man and one woman through the commitment of marriage, and you understand that I'm going to delay my gratification and I'm going to live God's way according to God's timing. You are living by faith. Why? Because you're believing that God's ways are for the best. Right? And when you give your time to the local church after you've worked a 50 or 60 hour week and you sign up for a ministry, it is because you believe God at his word when he says the church is the means to taking the name and fame of Christ to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And I want to be a part of that. I'm signing up. It is by faith when you sacrifice and maybe you even add on five more years to your work schedule so that you can give generously to the local church. It's by faith that you do that, believing that God not only has your financial future, but that you're storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's a faith journey. 
It's, it's a faith journey when you say, you know what, I'm going to leave the confines of America and I'm going to go to some country that may even have the Zika virus so that those people who don't have a church building on every single corner, you all probably pass 10 of them coming here, that they have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of that. It's by faith. It's never been about works. That's what this passage is teaching. The Old Testament folks and the New Testament folks live by faith. God has always expected that we would live by faith. And I wanna challenge you with this. If there's an area of disobedience in your life or sin in your life, I can assure you there is something that you're not believing about the character and the promises and the word of God. Your sin is always about unbelief. Well, God's not good enough. His ways aren't good enough. His word's not good enough. His character's not good enough. His timing's not good enough. His promises aren't true enough. And so I'm gonna do what I wanna do right now because God can't be trusted. And that's why Hebrews eleven six says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 12, and we'll get to it in a couple weeks, says that's why you're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. Last week we were reminded, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Do me a favor, look around the room. We're going to close with this. Look around the room. Do it. It's weird, I know. Look at, look at these people. It's a great cloud of witnesses here this morning. There's a lot of people joining the faith journey. So if you're here this morning, you're like, man, I'm going to buy myself. No, you're not. That's why you got to get in a small group so you're not alone in this journey. There's a lot of people in this room that are a part of the great cloud of witnesses that are trusting the Lord. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want to encourage you this morning. Be dangerous enough to live in faith of the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the promises and the character of our creator. He knows best and we please him when we take him in his word. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I pray for the one who, this morning whose faith has wavered. As I'm talking about unbelief, they recognize, you know what, that's me. My, my faith is, I'm not displaying my faith because I've been living in disobedience. I pray that today would be a day of repentance and belief. To turn from the sin, turn from the unbelief and, and walk in belief and trust of the word of God, the character of God, the gospel the good news of God's son, Jesus Christ. Takes away our sin, gives us a fresh start. Help us to be people that say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna delay my gratification so that I can be a part of something eternal. Trusting that God is good, that God has heavenly blessings forever and ever and ever and ever and ever for those who journey by faith. Pray for those in this room that are our missionaries. I know there's, there's several in this room that say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my life and go overseas and it's not always safe, it's not always easy, God. I pray your blessing upon them. I thank you for them. I pray, God, for our missionaries that we support. Lord, we get to be a part of, even as we're about to take up our offering, God, we're gonna get to be a part of, of, of taking the name and fame of Jesus Christ, not just here on the peninsula, but all around the world. But you'd multiply our giving, God, so that the fame of Christ would go forward. That there would be souls saved for all eternity. God, that we might meet some people from another country that we were a part of by our giving and by our time and by our talent. Lord, we were a part of helping reach for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll meet them in heaven. It's gonna be an awesome day. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for changing us by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord to trust you, believe in you. Thank you for taking out our unbelieving heart and giving us a believing heart. And we might repent and know you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.